Sometimes when you're up to something, everyone around you will try to make sure that you're nothing. But if you stick with it, remarkable things seem to come true. Yates Kislev. Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, Practically If I Bring, and welcome back. It's Menachem Posnansky. So a little bit of a impromptu episode. I, we have a lot of good stuff going on. I consciously have a great interview I just did, which just should come out next week. Um, I'm also hoping to do a Hanukkah episode at the end of this week, so you can look for that. I've been planning, scheming that. But I just wanted to do something briefly for Yotas Kislev, which is today, which is the Chag HaGeula of the Alter Rebbe, the day that the Alter Rebbe was freed from Tsarist prison and really uh, saved. His life was saved. He was uh, sentenced to death for all intents and purposes for teaching Hasidus and for revealing the spiritual light of Pnei Torah in such a broad way through the the book Tanya. And it's a very powerful day to me. But before we get there, um, thanks for joining us. If you're new, if, if you haven't done so yet because you're a procrastinator or struggle to join things, which I identify, I also struggle, uh, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review. Uh, also check out our social media pages, The Light Revealed, Consciously 62, mainly The Light Revealed. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Menachem Puzz. I don't answer stuff on Facebook, so if you want to message me, you can message me through Instagram. I do check that once or twice a week. Uh, but we have some great stuff coming up on the light revealed. We just did a beautiful, beautiful series on Hanukkah. Really, really worthwhile to check out. I'll try to post that on WhatsApp as well. Also, Hanukkah's coming up. Great time to buy consciously six steps to living vibrantly with a creator or your family member who's spiritually minded but hasn't seen it yet, or stepping out of the abyss, which is apparently out of print and uh, on sale for a nice amount of money. But we're working on a second edition. We've actually been talking to Arya Bookspayev, my co author about that, maybe add a little bit, move forward, some new sections. Uh, really excited about that, so you can look out for that. Lastly, questions consciously at the, the pot, consciously the podcast at gmail.com. Well, send them, love to talk. Someone just sent me a great question today. I really look forward. I think I'm going to share some of those at some point um, in a question and answer session. By session, I mean episode. Okay, so it's your test kiss leave, which is awesome, you know, for a guy that... Uh, originally was a misnagid, um, which by misnagid I mean somebody who's closed-minded and stuck in a old way of thinking and therefore incapable of seeing a new way of thinking. My journey into encountering Chabad Hasidus has been an interesting one and uh, definitely gets credited to uh, my experience working with individuals in 12-step recovery and the focus on that, focus on open-mindedness, encountering people like Yudi Wiener, who's a mentor of mine, and then meeting with Weinberger, Moshe Weinberger, and then meeting with Mayor Prager, who I do a podcast with, Practically If I Bring In. Shameless plug, great episodes going on there right now. This week's one is really cool. And uh, the power of the Lubavitcher Rebbe to just, you know, invade uh, our lives uh, when you open our, your heart to it. So Yotes Kislev is kind of a really pa- powerfully impactful day for me, but one of the reasons I think it really touches me is because when I start to realize the extent, the lengths that the early teachers of Hasidus, primarily the Balatanya, the sacrifices 
that he had to go through in order to bring this light down into the world and out toward the lives of the Hamon Am, just the regular people. Um, I, I'm just inspired and thankful and grateful because, you know, 150, 250, 300 years ago, a guy like me would have very little access to the kind of material that I blessedly do. And it saves my life. And I'm super grateful about it. I'm really, really thankful. Anyway, what did it take in order to kind of bring that into reality? And I've commented here on the podcast before something really, really powerfully interesting about the Alter Rebbe and particularly about Tanya. Because there aren't many figures in all of Jewish history who wrote a book that had the kind of reaction that Tanya had. Now, I don't mean kind of impact in the sense of the excitement that people had about it. There was no doubt excitement about Tanya, and there's been excitement about many books as far throughout Jewish history. But how many authors in Jewish history could you say that because he wrote that book, every segment of Jewish life, or individuals, or groups of people in every segment of Jewish life, both in people that are pro-Judaism and both people that are against Judaism, so to speak, conspired to kill the author. That's crazy. Like they've burnt books. We've burnt books through the years, during the author's life, sometimes after the author's life because we're scared of the author. But to murder the author because of the book that he wrote is a wild thing. And that's really the history behind Tanya. You see, the Alter Rebbe was arrested by the Tsarist government because he was informed on by individuals that were part of the camp of the Misnagdim, of those who opposed Hasidus, but also the Maskilim, also the enlightened Jews that were also opposed to Hasidus, Jews that were secular academics, um, because they were scared of him. And even within the Hasidic camp, even within the Hasidic movement, there were there were large segments that were completely opposed to what the Alter Rebbe was doing, to what the Rav Shner Zalman of Liadi, the first Rebbe of Chabad, was doing. And the way in which he was teaching and revealing the light of Hasidus and the, to the people, like the extent, the, how far he was going in revealing spiritual teachings to the masses. So all of these energies conspired to try to stop him. And he wasn't stopped. He defeated them. He overcame it, miraculously. There's a number of really interesting, fascinating stories about the kind of things that happened to the Alter Rebbe during his journey when they came to pick him up in the black wagon. You know, when they came to pick you up, when the Tsar's government came to pick you up in the black wagon. Bad news. And, and what happened between there and when he was in St. Petersburg and then when they were interviewing him and then ultimately, his release from prison, as he is reading a Pasuk in Tehillim, which he reported later, Poda B'Shalom Nafshi, means my soul is redeemed through peace. And it happened to be on the day of the passing of his Rebbe, his spiritual teacher, the Magad of Mezerich, who had handed off responsibility to the Alta Rebbe to codify and to promote and to educate the world about this new path of Hasidus. And those that 
carried the mantle against Hasidus, opposed the Alter Rebbe, and those within the camp of Hasidus, for many, not all, felt that the Alter Rebbe was taking that instruction, that responsibility too far. And the Alter Rebbe defeated them. And he revealed that the time had come for all people to access the kind of spiritual message that tells you that God loves you unconditionally, and that each and every movement you make towards God is cherished and beloved. And that when you are engaged in right action, you are literally a lightning rod to draw in the highest energy of God's essence into this world, this physical material world. That each of us has like an unlimited infinite potential for good. Now those were not new ideas, but they were ideas that had constantly been covered up. Ideas that were, not, that were made not the focus. And Hasidus... The Balshemtiv, the path of the Balshemtiv, and the path of the Magad of Mezrich, was to say that the time had come to make those the focus again, to remind people what life was really about, to teach people how they could begin to construct, create, leverage, and foster a real and felt relationship with God. You know, we take these things for granted because our lives are, it's all around us. I was reading a book recently about Rav Shlomo Karbach. And in the book, it quotes a letter where Rav Shlomo was commenting, frustrating, frustratingly, that how common it had become in later years, in his later years, for speakers to, for people to create gatherings for speakers, and the speakers would come, and they would also hire uh, someone to play music with a guitar to come and kind of get the crowd into it, grease the, the, the gears of everybody there, uplift through music. And Rav Shlomo was commenting how when he innovated that idea, right, in the 50s, it was seen as radical and crazy. And, and not that Shlomo didn't do things that were radical, but but for us to think back, the idea of Shlomo Karbach bringing a guitar into 770 to get a Fabrengen going, that doesn't seem so crazy. And yet at the time, it was novel. It was different. It was, wasn't what people did. So it's very easy after the fact to take for granted the blessings that we oftentimes have in life. And the blessings of what Hasidus brought to our lives is, is, is very powerful. The whole Jewish world has changed. Jewish outreach, love, thank you Hashem. Like all of these things are the outgrowth, outgrowth of the light of Hasidus and the way in which it has spread out so that it's normal. It's normal. Even those who are still opposed to Hasidus in some way are not opposed to the panemius of it. They may be opposed to certain details, right? And I don't want to get into like the theoretical side behind some of the arguments between different Jewish teachers about what's the best path or not the best path. Those things are beyond us. But the fact that the normative path within Jewish orthodoxy and beyond is to foster and develop a loving relationship with God that's intimate and real, that speaking to God in your own words is not a foreign thing, that even in the, in the environs of, of the most yeshivish town, I'm not going to name specific places, it's not even odd, it's not even considered odd, or that people can learn Sifri Hasidus in any yeshiva, for the most part. I mean, sometimes you encounter dumb people. I had a story where, you know, a kid was, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, he was learning the Kutimaran. He was a newly kind of inspired young, guy, young man, and he was learning Kutimaran, and the Rebbe came over, and he was frustrated that this kid was 
wasting his time in yeshiva learning the Kutimaran, and he did some like very radical things and said some very radical things that turned the kid off, and the kid ended up leaving yeshiva, and it was like such a struggle to get the kid to go to yeshiva in the first place. It was so sad. But that's, for the most part, thank God, a yachid, that's a, an individual. For the most part, there's this sense of acceptance and, and unconditional love that has kind of pervaded throughout the Jewish people, and we can't take for granted how that happened, and the role that Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, played in that. Obviously, there were other tzaddikim. I don't mean to, to specifically make it out as if the Alter Rebbe was the only one, but the Alter Rebbe led the, led, the, led the effort. He carried the flag. He wrote the Tanya, and also he, he carried the burden. He went to prison and in the way that he did. It's very powerful. And, and the power of a... Of, of a personality to overcome all the challenges is really what strikes me most significantly. And it's really what I wanted to talk about today after 13 minutes uh, that we're already doing this. But something struck me on Shabbos, really, really powerful, because this idea of perseverance, of following through despite any resistance that a person has when they feel like they're doing the right thing, goes to the core of the essence of the Jewish people. And we've been reading about it in the Parshas of the Week for the last few weeks when we learned, started to learn about Yaakov Avinu and we're beginning to transition away from the, the story of Yaakov Avinu towards the story of Yosef in this week's Parsha. But Yaakov is still, you know, very heavy, very heavily present in this story. And really it's the story of Yaakov Avinu coming to fruition as he comes to that phase at the end of his life where he lived kind of with a measure of serenity. Um, in Goshen. So what happens is really, really powerful. Yaakov Avinu comes out of the womb. His brother comes ahead of him. Rashi tells us that he was, that his neshama came down first, and yet it was kind of trapped in the womb and trapped behind Esav, grabbing at his heel, trying to like emerge and take his place of prominence and lead the Jewish people where they were supposed to go. And he comes out and he's stuck behind Esav. And his father doesn't recognize Yaakov's strength. He sees Esav, and he sees that Esav should be the predominant one. And I'm not talking about all the descriptions and ideas, and this is just a frame, a way to look at it. So Yaakov has these ideas from his earliest moment about how much he has to offer this fledging family, which is meant to become a powerful nation, and his father is against him. And he overcomes that. He has to dress in sheep's clothing, literally, goat's clothing. And he overcomes that. And then his brother's against him. And then he travels to Haran. And his father-in-law's against him. Tries to kill him. Then he comes back and he has to face Esav again. After he'd already recovered from bankruptcy, from no money, from having to work for love him for 21 years, Esav comes up against him again. Tragedy strikes his daughter to some degree sways from the path in some measure, whatever that means. And his two sons don't participate and kind of follow his lead and create a complicated, scary situation for him in Shechem. Finally, he returns home to his father's, his father's house, having finally overcome all of his enemies, all of those who were against him, right? Those who battling against his ideal. And Rashi tells us in this week that he sat and he wanted to sit Bishalva. The Sfarim explained that Yaakov Avinu wanted the ultimate Geula to be. He saw he had Yosef, he had Yehuda, Malchus, Ruvain was the Bechora. Everyone was here. It must be that the ultimate Geula was going to come, but his best laid plans 
were not to come true. His own sons, the ten Shvatim, resist his plan. He sees Yosef as the tzaddik that's supposed to lead the family, and his sons resist him. His father resisted him. His brother resisted him. His father-in-law resisted him. Tragedy occurs with his family. His own sons resist him. Even Rashi in this week's parsha says that Yaakov wanted to sit Peshalva, and Hashem said that Tzadikim can't sit Peshalva in this world. They have to wait to the next world. Even Hashem, in some way, was against, so to speak, Kaviyachal. It's a wild thing to think about. Circumstances conspired against him to withhold him from achieving his goals. And yet in the end, we find him in Goshen with his family, loving family, all of his children, Sadiqim, righteous. His nation had, fla- had fostered, and he, was, he had become the leader, the father, the forefather of a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's remarkable. It's a truly remarkable story. He is a truly remarkable figure. And he goes to the core of our own DNA. That sometimes it can feel like the circumstances of our lives are conspiring against us, in conspiring against our ability to achieve what we know we could and perhaps should. And if we are persistent, if we persevere, we can come out on the other end. Maybe it won't look exactly the way we wanted it to. Obviously, there was time before the ultimate Gaula was going to come. But if we persevere through, we can live a full life. We can live a good life. We can see our dreams and aspirations come true. This is why Yaakov is, his name is changed from Yaakov, where he's kind of clawing at his destiny, to Yisrael, to one who defeated a god, defeated a malach. But he grapples with God and he wins. That's what Yisrael, the name Yisrael means. It's a remarkable thing, and that goes to the core of who we are. We are the Bnei Yisrael. Each of us a portion of Knesset Yisrael. And, and I think that's an important message for us to remember and really connect with on this Yotes Kislev. If you're listening to it on Yotes Kislev or laughter, as we head into Hanukkah, which corresponds to the finding of light in the darkness, that last holiday before Gullus, that last stint when we were, the Beis HaMikdash was there was no miracles left in the base of Magdish. Nevua had left the world. And yet we can feel, still find those pachim katanam, those small pieces, that small spark of light that then illuminates the whole world. If we stick it out, if we lean in, powerful things can happen. That's the story of Yaakov Avinu. That's the story of the Alta Rebbe. That's the celebration of Yates Kislev. So for those of you who are connected to the path of Hasidus, I want to wish you a Shana Toiva, a good new year of Hasidus, a year full of learning of Hasidus, going in the pathway of Hasidus. And really for anybody, anybody seeking spirituality. Good yamtiv. How fortunate we are, how grateful we get to be today for the light of spirituality that's present in our lives. And those who came before us, who showed us that despite anything that can come our way, when we lean in and stick with it, remarkable things are yet to come. Have a great day. Talk to you in the Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place, New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tsipora Basravaro. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback, so please feel free to email us or on our Instagram and Facebook.